Greetings um, and welcome to the Imani Speech Show. I'm really happy and honoured to have an amazing guest. His name is Ashley Scott. He's an international singer. And um, yeah, he's going to share his journey with us and uh, his new album. Um, Ashley, please, would you like to introduce yourself to the listening audience? Sure, my name is Ashley Scott. I am a international singer and songwriter from Philadelphia in the USA. Um, a proud Philadelphian and also a proud Howard University alumni. I've uh, been singing since the age of three. Uh, just released my seventh single called Together last week and uh, worked with a few artists and related to a few as well. And that's just kind of been the journey of music has been in my blood ever since I was very young and that's all I've ever wanted to do. So I'm just happy to be doing it now. <laughs> oh, wow. And, you know, what does it feel like to be able to, you know, be able to live your dream and to share, you know, what's, you know, what's important to you, your gift? How important is that for you? It's very important. It's when you do what you, when you find something that you love to do, it's not a job or it's not work. It's something that obviously you enjoy doing it. So to do it and to be compensated for it or to or to touch people's lives is a blessing. Awesome, awesome. And you know, you mentioned that you're that you there's some people that you are related to who have been in the business. So do you want to share with us who that who that person or persons are? Sure. Um my father's sister, her name is Helen Scott, and she's one third of a female singing group from Philadelphia. Uh, she started when she was 15 years old and she's still going strong to this very moment. Uh, next year will be their 60th anniversary and that makes them the longest female vocal trio in music history. Um, they're pretty well known in the UK and Japan and parts of Europe and here in the United States as well, but definitely in the UK is where they get their most love. Um, they're, they're called the Three Degrees. Um, yes, I remember growing up, growing up, I remember hearing them on the radio and dancing around to their music and, you know, they were lovely, you know, and every, all the songs were good and they were really popular here in the UK. So, yeah. So yeah. you can see you come from very good stock and your music, I've been listening to your music and it's very beautiful. And um, what would you say your genre of music is? I would say it's R&B, um, definitely traditional sounding soul music, um, a little bit of jazz as well. Um, definitely some jazz undertones there. I, I, I majored in jazz voice in college at Howard University. So there's a little bit of jazz there as well. Um, but definitely just traditional, real instrumentation in the music. Everything that you hear on my recordings, with the exception of the two dance remixes, were all live instrumentation. So definitely recording and being creative in a traditional way, which is the... How important is it for you to have that traditional sound? And that's what I love. You can hear every instrument and, you know, it's just beautiful. And with the, your, your voice, you know, kind of... Um, merge together it, it creates a really great sound how important is that to you it's very important for a few reasons um part of the inspiration that my aunt or part of the inspiration that inspired me to sing was seeing a concert that she did back in 1979 at the royal albert hall in london back in 1979 and she was backed by the world philharmonic which was almost like a hundred piece orchestra yeah, yeah, yeah. so 
seeing that as well as other figures from that time, whether it was a Barry White or the Jacksons or a Marvin Gaye, a lot people, you know, were backed by orchestras at that time. So that was always a dream of mine to perform my music or, you know, to perform music with the orchestra. So for me, I want everything to be as live as possible, um, as and sonically correct, I would say. Um, I'm, I'm careful about using certain keyboard sounds and things of that nature because a, a lot of the electronic stuff gets dated. So I don't want to be trying to find an, a keyboard to produce a certain sound in the music yeah. that was done back in 19 second section or 2000 second section to yeah. recreate yeah. that sound live. So even with the piano sounds, if you're not hearing on, in my music, if you're not hearing a live piano, you're hearing a Fender Rhodes, which is an electric piano that's a, a general piano that you can find you know in various countries they do make them in you know for live for live shows or you can you know produce it in a keyboard so I try to make it as organic as possible awesome you know um I would say um we just had um, Valentine's Day and you you created um, a song especially for that day together beautiful song and um thank you you know what was the inspiration behind that song you know how did you get the words the melody so the the melody well this particular song is one that if we're looking at songs as artwork or paintings or you know things of that nature this is the first song that i visualized every color oh. of a particular piece that's the best analogy I can come up with wow. to, to explain the creative process. And with that, I I knew that I wanted something to be, again, traditional, timeless music now. Um, I wanted something to, to be very reminiscent of the sound of Philadelphia. Um, and and not just the 70s, you know, Gamble and Huff era, but also the, the newer soul movement that came out in the 2000s era. You know, like say Jill Scott, Music Soul Child. Neo Soul. Wow. Yes. I, and I, sometimes I hate to use the, the term Neo Soul, oh. um, even though that's the moniker that it was that they used. Yeah, that they used for it. Um, Kindred, the Family Soul, Jaguar, right? A lot of those people that came out of Philadelphia, Lady Alma. And so I just wanted something to kind of represent the city, but also I wanted to create a wedding song. Um, when, as independent artists, when we're not performing our own things, we're doing what we have to do to survive. So some people work in the private affairs industry, if you want to jokingly call them wedding singers, some people do that. Um, and so when you're performing first dances and hearing the the timeless songs that, whether it's a For You by Kenny Lattimore or When I'm With You by Tony Terry, or It Had To Be You, you know, from a, the jazz standard or a Brian McKnight song or a Lionel Richie song, or, you know, something, CB Wonder Ribbon In The Sky or You And I, I wanted to kind of create something of my own to be in that lineage of songs. Mm -hmm. And here late at night, I'm not sure about over there in the UK, but Time Life has a lot of infomercials. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, we, we so yeah. when you see those late at night, you know, I'm glued to them because I'm looking at the them offering DVDs of the Soul Train or the Midnight mm -hmm. Special or just their CD compilations of the best of the 70s, the yeah. best of the 80s, the 90s, soft rock, duets, wedding songs. This is the decade of 2020. So when they released the 2020 
decade of music in 2050. I want my music to be you want, you, you want to be on that. Yes. Yeah, I want to be on there. So I just wanted to kind of create something that will last. And I was just very intentional with the writing and the creative process with this. The song was produced by my best friend. His name is Stan Davis Jr. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He plays keys, bass, and guitar fluently. And he has played guitar on all of my records. So Words, Dance the Night Away, Thought of You, Don't Throw Our Love Away. And he helped me produce this particular track. And so we cut the rhythm section and while he is capable of orchestrating the entire thing, there was an arranger that I had on my bucket list of people that I've always wanted to work with. And so I, I put a call into a guy by the name of Dennis Doc Williams. And Doc is the longtime musical director for the OJs. He's been playing with the OJs since 1972. Oh my goodness. He and, he and Eddie Levert Eddie wrote a song for Gene Carn on Philly International called My Love Don't Come Easy. And he, he also did a lot of session work for Gerald Levert when Gerald was calling for strings and horns on his solo albums. He would just call basically Uncle Doc to come in and, and, oh. and arrange it. So Doc was just, is always an amazing musician. And so I called him and said, hey, look, I finally want to, I'm ready to work with you. Here's the vision, here's the song. He liked the song and he arranged the strings and horns and he sent me the charts, went back into the studio, had a string quartet come in and cut the string parts and the horn players, they cut their parts at home due to COVID, which was great. And uh, the horn section consists of Ernest Stewart on trombone, Corey Riker on sax and Chris Stevens on trumpet and they all play individually with a lot of people, but collectively as a group, they all play with John Legend. So wow. it was just an amazing experience to record this particular song and I'm excited about it. So Valentine's Day was the, the perfect time to drop it because it is a love song. And February is also the start of the bridal season. So everybody that got their New Year's proposal, <laughs> Christmas time, Christmas Eve proposals, they're all going to the bridal expos now to start planning their weddings for 2023 or later this year if they're trying to do something very quickly. So I want this song wow. to be a first dance or something that you can walk down the aisle to. That's beautiful. And it just shows that, yeah, creating the song and all the people you mentioned who's behind the scenes and getting it right so that you, you know, you drop it at the right time. As you say, as you know, February is a really um, significant month and uh, you were able to do that. Was that hard to get all those things in place? get the right people, the right team, and to get it all finished in time? Not really. I started working on the song in the fall. So okay. it, it took a little bit of time, but it you had to kind of do it in pieces. So, you know, cut the rhythm section on one section, on one session, strength section on another session, then background vocalist. And I had four, four friends of mine, they're actually brothers and they're a group called Before the World. And I got them to come in and lay the background vocals to give it that full, you know, harmony in there. And I did my leads and then we went on to mixing and mastering and here we are. Um, again, this particular song, you know, it definitely took, you know, some time in different sessions to, had to do it in pieces. Awesome, beautiful. Um, in speaking to you briefly earlier on, um, I asked you about your spiritual values. How important are your spiritual values in your music, in how you create your music and how what you decide to put out? It's very important. Um, I definitely want things to be pleasing 
you know, to the ear of everyone, but also pleasing to the man upstairs. Um, while it's not gospel music, I think music overall is a ministry and no matter what, it can touch someone's life. I mean, Babyface is one of the all time greatest producers in the world, but he may not have done a gospel song, but you can't tell me that some of his music has not united people in love, help people through a breakup, Absolutely. put them in a loving mood, if you will. So, you know, it's a ministry. And so I'm just, so I'm thankful for the gift and thankful for the vision. And you have to, in this business, you have to look at it as a business and you have to be a project manager. And when you're putting out music, you have to manage the entire project from start to finish, from writing the song to recording, to mixing, to mastering, to handling the business and putting it out and promoting it after the fact. So it, but again, I'm thankful. I know I digressed a little bit, but I am, um, I'm thankful for the, the uh, vision and, and the blessing to do what I do in the gift. You know, I love that you said it's a business because back in the day, I think a lot of musicians didn't really get involved in, um, you know, the, the, the business aspect. And right. it didn't, you know, it, you heard a lot of um, not very nice stories in the end. How important was it for you to be involved in every facet, in, in especially the business aspect of it? And if you're anyone listening who's into music or who would like to be doing what you're doing, what would you say to them is really important to know about the business part of the music business, about the music business? I would say at this point, it's no need for them to not know about the, the music business and to not know that it is a business mm-hmm. and that they need to look at themselves as a business in the entertainment business. Um, without going deeply into names, I, I know of too many people that have had a lot of litigation in their careers because of and, and a lot of stuff has kind of come out on artists from TV shows like Unsung or Behind the Musical and VH1. Yeah, yeah, so you see, you see, you hear the horror stories of what happened to the, the people that came before us and the people that we all know and love. We only see, as fans, we only hear the music and see the bright lights and, and the videos and the concerts. We don't know what they're going through internally. Um, a lot of people have gone through, you know, finances or things within their own situation. So I always knew that it was a business. And um, in college, one of my, um, a friend of the family, she she worked for the city of Philadelphia. And so she gave me an opportunity to learn the business. And so in college, I interned at a radio station. I worked in concert promotion, started on the production team of this concert venue here in Philadelphia, where I learned how to set up the equipment and you know, the, how the show was actually run from backstage. Then I I moved up to the executive staff. So I was doing club promotions and radio promotions and typing scripts for the host and learning the contracts of performance and seeing artists sign their contracts and seeing what people are getting paid to perform. Like, really, this is what this person gets paid? Wow. You know, so I was blessed to kind of learn it early on. And I was kind of stayed on the business side for a long time as well because i started my own events company became an entrepreneur producing shows and events here in the city um always still singing performing again in that private affair industry and as another uh as another income and 
working with different artists on their teams. So I've also worked on the teams of artists like Marcus Johnson, um, Will Downing, Najee doing administrative stuff and also social media management and things of that nature. So I, I've seen both sides of, of the coin in terms of being in this business on both the creative and the business side. So stepping in and handling my own situations was easy for me. Um, sometimes you you take for granted that you think people know everything you that you do and they don't. Okay. So again, I'm saying all that to say people have to learn the business. Google is your friend. It's and everybody out here now is a consultant and an expert. I'm not saying they know everything. I'm just saying you take all the information that you can and absorb it and put those practices and play for you in your own business. But just know that it is a business and you have to learn the, the practices and the processes of this thing because if you skip a step, yes. it might be a big step. You get too much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great advice. I, I feel there. And you know, I want to ask you, what's your what's your thoughts about the changing face of music R and B? And I love that you're keeping the integrity. And a lot of the people you mentioned, um, you know, stick to the integrity of R and B. But what's your thoughts about you know some of the changes that's going on? in R&B, R&B music today? I would say, well, I try to listen to the good stuff and help to promote the good stuff because the good stuff isn't getting the visual eyes that it needs. Um, a lot of people have said, I was just in a clubhouse room with a um, producer that his name is Kerry Brothers. He's, he was Alicia Keys' uh, partner in producing those first two albums on her. And a lot of people were saying in the room, well, they asked me my thoughts. They said, do you think R&B is dead? Do you think soul music is dead? And I said, it never went anywhere. It just isn't the popular music anymore that it was in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. Or six, even for the 60s, for that matter, because of Motown. So that was soul music, but it became pop music. Mm -hmm. So looking back, I think that we have to realize, and this is just a general life statement that I'm going to make, that things have seasons and the season of it being the popular thing just we we i just pray that it comes full circle at some point soon but it never died you still have people out here that are keeping the integrity of r&b but they're just not in the you know in the mainstream um jasmine sullivan is one right now that is in the mainstream but still keeping the integrity of r&b Beyonce is R&B, but she's pop at the same time. But you still have other talented figures like a Mesa, a Will Downing, a Eric Roberson, a Frank McComb, Lettucey, Layla Hathaway, Rasan Patterson, Phil Perry, Carol Riddick, Jill Scott, Music Soul Child, King of the Family Soul, Vivian Green, Lady Alma, all the Philly people, um, and I'm leaving some folks out and forgive me if I didn't name you. However, um, there are still great people out here. Anthony Hamilton, mm. you know, doing great things. So, yes, yeah, so many. Because I, I, oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I have a radio show that I do, and I have a segment dedicated to soul music. And um, yeah, every everyone you mentioned there virtually are, you know, on my playlist. So yeah, and now I know about your music as well. That will be added to because um, definitely you're in that genre. Um, so, you know, um, 
it's be, I know you're, you've got a family and, um, you know, what's, um, you know, and also the family you were, you were born into was, I know your, your aunt was a musician and what have you, but do you, did your parents have the gift as well? And are you seeing the gift in your children? So no, my, my mother and father can't sing, but they love music. And my dad had a great record collection. So growing up, he was constantly playing the first Chicago album, uh, Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder, every Earth, Wind & Fire album that he had. And and I just loved that music. Um, and as far as my own children, they do love music and they are my biggest inspiration right now. My two daughters, my daughters are six and three. Oh, and wow. They are my oh, biggest, they're my biggest supporters, fans, and cheerleaders. And they have, you know, they know most of my songs. So sometimes I'm playing my own stuff in the car just to kind of, you know, give them stuff to learn because they're going to inherit all this stuff at some point. So they need to know what it is. And I'm going to have to teach them the business as well. Um, my oldest daughter loves Disney movies and oh. musicals. So she's constantly singing along. She has a voice. I haven't decided to turn into joe jackson right and or debbie allen from fame you know and really nice. be the task master you know um but my youngest daughter she's singing along to things and she's still developing all her words and everything but when she's singing along she does have good pitch my oldest daughter has good pitch wow. as well but there's a little you know fine refined tuning that can happen so but they love my my song dance the night away that's their favorite beautiful you know i'd ask you um you know a lot of um young people um want to get into the business um and you, you just mentioned your children as well would you um would you be happy to see your children in the business and what would you say to anybody now who's wanting to go in and if they wanted advice from you what would your advice be if this is what you truly want to do you have to dedicate yourself to it one thing that my aunt helen always said to me was that you owe this business everything and this business owes you nothing. So you have to be dedicated to it. Um, you have to learn your craft. Um, one thing about her is that they were taught from their manager that if you can entertain an audience, you can work for the rest of your life. And a hit record is just icing on the cake to create more work. So, I mean, she's still coming. The group is coming to England this year. They were there right before the pandemic. and you know, they're still touring to this day. Um, and they haven't had a, they've released the album about five years ago, but they haven't had a huge massive hit since what, 19, I won't say, but probably like My Simple Heart or something like that. Okay, yeah. Having I need to talk about 1979 or 80, but they're still touring. So just keep working and there's always a market for you. There's a niche somewhere and and spiritually speaking, God will make room for your gift and your talent. You mentioned the pandemic. How, you know, has it, how has it impacted, did it impact you or your friends in the business? And, um, you know, what I noticed a lot of um, artists were coming up with creative ways of getting their music out. Did, were you, what, what did you, did it impact you? And if so, what creative ways were you using to connect with your fans? it did impact us we couldn't go out and perform so and it's funny i had just released dance the night away in february of 2020 did a huge two nights of shows here in philly sold out you know four shows in two nights and i was ready to, you know 
go out and promote the record, try to take the show on the road. And it was doing well in the UK. It was on the, it got BBC airplay and everything like that. So I was excited for the international success and March hit and it was like, okay, everything's shut down. Everything is canceled. Private affair dates, canceled. Artists that I work with, tour dates, canceled. So everybody's trying to figure out, okay, artists make money from performing. So, all right, where's this next dollar coming from? Because these royalty checks don't come in until a few months from now. What do we do? So try to find other things to do. I started an internet radio show that I do once a week. And uh, it's on various stations globally. And, um, you know, so I've, I've tried several things to do this to keep myself out there. Um, I did put out a dance remix for Dance the Night Away in June of 2020. In 2021, I was ready to go with three more singles, which I did last year. Um, once the once things kind of let up, we, we did kind of we were able to kind of go into recording studios and do some things all socially distanced. So it did work out. So I'm thankful for the for the time because sometimes we were we're all in the hustle and bustle of life and the pandemic really shut everybody down yes. for everybody to stop what they're doing, breathe and regroup. And uh, I'm thankful for that time. Awesome. You mentioned that your aunt gave you that advice about recording artists. Recording is the icing on the cake and performing is, you know, the, the, the bread and butter. Which one do you prefer? Do you prefer to go out there and connect with the people? Or... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely what like... Is it about, what is it about connecting with the people for you? It's an enjoyable moment. You're, 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 you're creating a moment in people's lives. You're making their night special. You're singing songs that touch their hearts. So to, and the fact that now I'm thankful to have seven singles under my belt because I now have songs that people are telling me now, hey, I really like that song. It really got me through a time or, you know, I really, I had a presenter from the UK um, inbox me last year on Facebook and my first single words came out in 2016, but it was picked up for the expansion records compilation, Luxury Soul for, for Luxury Soul 2017. So it has some extended life. And it, it didn't get a lot of airplay, especially in that market, but I was thankful that, you know, a little bit and it was noticed on that CD. Well, this this one presenter from one station inboxed me and said, hey, I he said it was around the time last year I released Don't Throw Our Love Away. And he he said, hey, great new track. and I'm definitely playing it on my show, but I really like your song words. And he said, I was at a wedding last week and this was last year when he was telling me, he said, and someone actually came up to me and requested that song to slow dance to it after my dance set. And I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, and the couple got out there and they danced to it and they were singing along. And then about four or five other couples got out there and joined them and everybody was singing the song. And I was like, really? I said, wow. I didn't think that people really knew that song as much as they knew Dance the Night Away or now Don't Throw Our Love Away. He said, oh yeah, man. He said, great song. So that was a great moment for me because it actually touched my heart to, because as creatives, you never know how your work will, will affect people and you never know who it reaches, especially in this day and time. 
And so that was my moment now. So because for years, of course, being related to an artist or being around artists, I'm always hearing people tell Will Downing, oh, nothing has ever felt like this was my wedding song or somebody will come up to my aunt and say, when will I see you again brought me back to my first love, excuse the, the background noise, or the Delphonics who are like uncles to me. Lala means I love you was the first song, was the only way I could tell my girlfriend I love her because I got tongue tied, you know, things of that nature. So I was happy to, you know, have somebody say, you know, words was requested and people were singing along and that kind of thing. Mm. You know, and how is that? You know, when like, you listen to people who create music like yours and they say it was my wedding song or my child was born or people say sometimes the music, their child was born because of that particular music. How, did, how is that for you to know that you're making, you know, you're making such a difference in important, the important areas of people's lives, one of the most important areas? It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's something that I've waited all my life to hear. So I'm happy to kind of be hearing them now. And I'm hoping that together is going to be that song that people get married to and have that first dance to. That's why I was very intentional with writing and releasing the song. That's beautiful. And, um, you know, what would you say you would like people to, you know, what is the, the legacy of your music that you feel you'd like people to associate to, you know, um, to when they listen to your body of music? I want them to, I would say, I want people to digest it, to like it, to love it, and to keep playing it forever and ever. Um, I hope that it, it really did help someone. Um, whether it was trying to save a relationship relationship and saying, hey, don't throw our love away or um, words be, being, you know, for being a song that's about being in, in a marriage or a relationship and having an argument and, and kind of tabling the conversation to your more level headed. You know, I'm hoping that people kind of come back with those type of stories. Um, I have a song that I released last year as well called The Thought of You. And that song is what I call the the saving grace relationship song for those that are entrepreneurs or business it's a song it's a song for the chef that's always in the kitchen the lawyer who's always in court the doctor who's always at the hospital at the hospital or the musician who's always on tour that has a significant other at home that's feeling neglected or jealous because of their life so the, the hook of the the course says the thought of you puts a smile on my face the thought of you puts my mind in space. The thought of you makes me want to race home to you. So that's what I call the relationship reassurance song. <laughs> so wow. I hope that it, you know, that that helped people. You know, as you were talking there, what came to me was, do people tend to come to you as a counselor? Do you find people ask you lots of questions about their relationship or, you know, relationship? Do you find people are cornering you and say, oh, this is happening in my relationship. What do you think I should do? Because no, I don't. all this. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm definitely not Dr. Phil, so, or <laughs> dear Abby, no, definitely not. I uh, I try not to give advice because you you don't want someone to kind of blame you for something that you said later on. Yeah. I, I don't have that advice, Kyle. <laughs> I'm definitely not the love doctor, so. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought, you know, because I've heard people say, you know, because they, they like certain songs or they sing certain songs, people associate them with understanding, you know, their problems. But like you said, you know, it could end up becoming, uh, you know, another profession and you're, you know, 
um, yeah. yeah, people think, oh, yeah, yeah. So that would be yeah. funny, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, you know, you started and you, you was in the choir, weren't you? What I would ask you is there's something about the choir. What would you say for you? You know, because anytime you speak to great artists, great singers, a lot of them associated to a choir. What would you say? Um, is that would you say that's got any meaning to you? Or do you? And if so, what would you say is the great thing about starting there? That was probably one of the greatest times of my life, especially in college uh, as a member of the Howard Gospel Choir. Um, the music, the the training, the the experiences that I had with that choir are some of the most memorable moments of my life. Um, even when I listen to that music now, um, I get, you know, a little choked up and chills a little bit just because of, we, I don't sing it as much anymore. Um, the training that I had with the Howard Gospel Choir not only trained my ear, but it just creatively as well. And, and also just being, uh, having retention of the music because when you're in a choir you have to know your your note and remember the words and with with any you know type of music but it, it was a training that i still hold with me to this day so whenever we come back to choir reunions and everything it's always like an emotional moment because the music singing that that gospel music in college college was a tough time it, it can be a tough time for anyone so that music was the inspiration to see you through the tough times whether it was dealing with finance finances or educational situations or whatever else that people go through in college so that was just the best time of my life and i'm i'm a proud not only just a proud howard alumni but a proud howard gospel choir alumni because how the howard gospel choir was one of the first uh college choirs to sing gospel music um, and especially in a historically black college and university here in America. So some people think that um, it was the Fisk Jubilee Singers, but they were the Fisk Jubilee Singers. They didn't build themselves as a gospel choir like Howard University did. So, Wow. Awesome. That's an awesome answer. You know, I want to ask you, what does the future hold for you? We've got this fantastic album out. Um, I also want you to let people know how they can get hold of it. But what does the future hold for, for Ashley Scott? Well, right now I am trying to be creative and come up with another song to release later this year. I have my own label and I'm releasing things as I'm able to um, during these tough times. So right now I'm just promoting together and trying to promote this as long as I can. Um, I'm playing. I'm praying that it gets a good you know, lifespan on, on international radio, um, but that it just doesn't go totally into exile or into the phantom zone to where you oh, don't sure it won't. hear it I'm anymore. Yeah. Um, so trying to take the show on the road and, and travel and perform in different markets. Uh, it's a it's a dream and everyday prayer to kind of come to your side of the pond. Yeah, okay. Yes. You know, so I'm looking to connect with promoters and venues to kind of make that happen so it's my everyday dream and prayer so i'm hoping this year hoping next year hoping sometime soon so oh, 
yeah that would be lovely i definitely feel you would go down so well you know um in the uk as your as your aunt did as well and um definitely your music is um the music that definitely makes people feel good and don't we need that so much these days with all that yes. we're going we need to feel good and you know what i think is really important is um it, your music and the music of the artist that the, the artist you mentioned earlier it's bringing people together and reminding people of how important it is you know to have those important relationships and fact you know whether it's with family partners your children so yeah yes ma'am is there anything you want to share with the listening audience is there anything you want definitely let people know how they can say someone wants to come and work with you or be on your label or connect with you or find out more about you how to get hold of your music how can they how can they do that so everything is at my website ashleyscottmusic.com they can go there and find me on social media so on twitter and instagram my handle is at ashleyscott3 on facebook it's i am ashley scott and now on tiktok which i'm trying to really adapt to yes i'm trying to adapt. yeah it's, yeah it's ashley scott music um and they can also go to my website and purchase all of my singles if they click on the music store as well and i have some t-shirts and things available as well in the merchandise store so please go have a look around and support and i'm thankful for everyone's support thus far awesome any last words before we wrap up anything that i that you would like people to know or do you think we've covered everything i think we covered a lot but i would just ask <laughs> to, to the website ashley scott music and purchase all the music directly from me um streams are okay but we like downloads still especially from the website so please go there and support and you can get all the music right there so dance the night away words the remixes thought of you don't throw love away it's all right there at ashleyscottmusic.com 